going, everybody? Welcome to Film Co. My name is Phoenix Cloudin, and we are back with another episode. This time, a one-on-one, once again, with me and the goaded, undisputed, still reigning, defending, co-breaking champion himself, Mr. Nathan Pig. Nathan, how are you, sir? I'm great, Phoenix. I'm never going to get sick of that intro. Never going to get <laughs> sick of you hyping me up. So thank you for hyping me up on the show compared to what you normally do in cinema chat. <laughs> where we're going at each other. Right. Shout out cinema chat. But I'm great, Phoenix. It's a good day to talk movies, as always. So happy to, to be with you here again. Excellent. Excellent. It is, that is correct. It is always a good day to talk movies, especially when you're talking about film, Kelly. So <laughs> we are finally talking about a film that I um, am so excited to talk about. Uh, this is Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's directorial debut, starring Andrew Garfield, Alexandra Shipp, Robin DeJesus, and Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, this is a movie that was on my radar from the beginning, and you know why. It's a musical. <laughs> so, you know, you know me and musicals, we, 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 we deep. Uh, <laughs> so um, I was very excited to see this film. Uh, this is a year where we had a lot of musicals uh, come out. We still have West Side Story due to come out um, later in the year. So uh, I think this is either the last or second to last one. And uh, so the the awards picture, at least for the, the, the one musical spot, is still up for grabs. This is uh, the movie that I, I believe is uh, one of the better of the bunch. But we'll get into it. Uh, so you just saw this movie last night. Correct. And yeah, I know how I feel. <laughs> but you don't know how I feel. And I don't know how you feel. So I am so interested to know. Uh, first off, what took you so long to watch it? And what were you expecting it to be before you finally hit play? <laughs> Sure. Well, what what took me so long to watch it first is it's the holiday season right now. You know, it's yeah. the time of this recording. We're a couple of days after Thanksgiving. Um, so my job requires me to work on Thanksgiving and Same. lots of preparations for that, um, as well as just spending time with family. So I did uh, watch this movie last night with my family, which was remarkable. Um, but, you know, around the holidays, we had family come into town as well. So naturally, that takes up a lot of um of your free time for movie watching i've also been watching a ton of shows lately so really this was the first movie i had watched in a week because i'd just been watching a lot of shows but you know what life happens life happens so was not able to get to this for a little bit um what were my initial reactions before i pressed play was um this is the three strike rule for lin-manuel miranda for me <laughs> I, I have tried extensively not to judge things before I watch them because I just, I have a bad habit of doing that. Mm -hmm. um, but make no mistake about it. Hamilton is a film that we talked about quite a bit and Hamilton or a doc, whatever, a play that we talked about quite a bit. <laughs> right. Hamilton is a play and just a production that I respect the absolute hell out of. I respect it so much. I, everything with the diversity to the imagination to the creativity, Hamilton is remarkable. That does not mean I enjoy watching it. Um, so that was Lin-Manuel Miranda, someone I respect, but not someone that I enjoy watching. And In the Heights felt the same way. I appreciated all the colors and everything that went into it. Phoenix, you and I talked about that as well. Mm -hmm. I just didn't love In the Heights. So Lin-Manuel Miranda has been someone that I absolutely respect and someone who I think is a genius at his craft. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I like it though, that I enjoy watching. And um, this is the three strike rule. And before we clicked play with this being technically his directorial debut, depending on who you ask, mm -hmm. I was ready to see what he could do. Um, and I was a little worried but the glowing reviews made me excited. Right. So it was more of a hesitation for right. me due to 
the head honcho of this film. You know, it's so funny too that you mentioned those two episodes because those were also solo, like one-on-one episodes. That so we just keep it just keeps being us too when it comes to Lin Manuel Miranda, apparently because we we did Hamilton alone, we did In the Heights alone, and now we're doing Tick Tick Boom. I don't know how that our, keeps happening. Our other hosts run and hide when we say we're talking <laughs> about Lin Manuel Miranda. They run and hide. <laughs> it seems to be the case. All right, so non-spoiler thoughts for anyone who still has not seen tick tick boom um i also want to mention beforehand i um this movie dropped a, a week before it hit netflix it dropped in theaters and there was one theater around where i stayed that was showing it and um so i went and saw it in theaters first that was my first experience with it um i don't know how that changes anyone's appreciation Probably not much, but it was great to see, you know, a movie in theaters ahead of everybody else. So that was kind of, it's kind of my little brag. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let's do it. Non-spoiler thoughts. Oh, I feel so scared to reveal what I think. <laughs> all right. You want to kick this off or should I? I'm happy to. Um, the first thing that comes to mind post Tick, Tick, Boom, about 12 hours post-watch. First thing that comes to mind is Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield. <laughs> deserves to be Andrew Garfield deserves to be in the same breath as Will Smith when it mm. comes to this year's best actor winner. Yes. He 100% deserves to be in the same breath. Not talking too much about King Richard. If you do want to listen to that, we did an episode on that a few weeks ago. Go ahead and check that out. Mm-hmm. Not talking too much about King Richard, but I thought that Will Smith in that movie was phenomenal, of course. But it wasn't a lock it down, he's won. Kristen Stewart, I think, did that. Mm-hmm. I don't think Will Smith did. He did a great job. He did a great job. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like a Joaquin Phoenix and Joker, like, yep, we're washing our hands, we're done. Right, it's a right, foregone right. conclusion. Mm-hmm. And when I was watching Tick, Tick, Boom, all I could think about was, I hope Andrew Garfield is talked about like he should be. I woke up this morning and looked at someone else's ratings. I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was on Twitter. They left Andrew Garfield out of the five best actor discussion. And I just think that's a travesty. Uh, (laughs) He better be mentioned in the same breath. And I think for those that don't mention him in the same breath and think that Will Smith is a pedestal higher than him at this point in time for the 2022 best actor award, I just think that's a mistake. So right now, my immediate thoughts really have nothing to do with the screenplay, <laughs> uh, with the, the song choices. At this point in time, and I'll talk about those things, but at this point in time, my immediate reaction is Andrew Garfield. Wow. He better be talked about. Yeah, uh, that's 100% spot on. I feel like um, when I came out of it the first time in the theater, I was like, yeah like wow Andrew Garfield (laughs) like I think I yeah I don't know who that crazy person is who doesn't who didn't have Andrew Garfield in his top five but uh yeah hopefully he's just an an anomaly um yeah because Andrew Garfield is in my opinion right up there with Will Smith if if not like inching very very close um yeah, this was a sensational performance. It was one of those things where I'm like, and Andrew Garfield has delivered strong performances before. I mean, Hacksaw Ridge was amazing. But here, bro, I mean, he just, he, he completely embodies Jonathan Larson. The amount of, of uh, singing that he does in this is incredible. Like, he carries pretty much the entire film. So like, yeah, I, it's absolutely sensational um no no question in my mind he should be among the five at the end of the at the end of the year i'm so glad that you agree with me about him being neck and neck with will smith if not even a little better because Mm -hmm. i was the whole time i was thinking i think phoenix is going to push back on that the thing is is let's just compare the two performances as is right now andrew garfield is asked to do so much more Yes. yes. Now, I am not, of course, 
denying how good Will Smith is as uh, Richard Williams, but he's just asked to embody someone who um, is already, you know, he, he just has to mimic this person. And while Andrew Garfield has to mimic a real life person as well, he has to be crazy. He has to sing. He has to show you that he's losing his mind. <laughs> Erratic. And I feel like he popped right out of a Wes Anderson movie. Um, <laughs> whereas I, I just think it takes so much more range to pull off what Andrew Garfield did than what Will Smith did. And I just think he was asked to do a lot more. Does that make it a better performance in my mind? Not always. The person that's right. asked to do more doesn't always mean they're better. Look yeah, at J.K. Yeah. Simmons and Whiplash. He wasn't asked to do a ton, but he delivers one of the best performances of the century, of excuse right, me, of the yeah. decade. Um, I just can't believe how much range Garfield yeah, yeah. pulled off. And I, and I think what that is, is um, like, I, I, I like this. I, I liken this to uh how far one had to go and how far the other one was ahead already like if you ask me like will smith delivering this performance was sensational right but we know will smith could deliver this kind of performance it was one of those things where it was like yeah of course he did that <laughs> like will smith's one of the greatest actors of our generation of course he did that um andrew garfield on the other hand it was one of those things where it was like Where'd that come from? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, those of us who saw Social Network and the Hacksaw Ridge, it's like, dude, it's always been here. But like, but like, if you only know Andrew Garfield from Spider-Man movies, you'd be like, whoa, like, where did this guy come from? So in that sense, I get it. It's on one, it's like obvious. And on the other one, it, it's, it's kind of a surprise. So in that sense, that's why to me, they're neck and neck because, you know, I think both delivered sensational performances and it's just a matter of preference <laughs> at this point. It's well, a bit of a Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins situation. <laughs> and I mean, once the Oscars roll around, we'll be talking about Will Smith and Andrew Garfield quite a bit more, maybe someone else as well, but enough of that for now. I want to talk about another movie that you and I soloed a while ago, uh, a very forgettable movie called the boys in the band oh god <laughs> and the reason i'm bringing that up is because i remember specifically talking about robin de jesus in that mm -hmm. movie mm -hmm. and how much of a standout he was in that lifeless film mm -hmm. um but robin de jesus in this movie is a standout for me as well i don't know if he'll get love from the academy i don't know if he'll get love anywhere outside of this podcast <laughs> but i wanted to make sure we talked about him because He's a great actor, and he's someone that I absolutely want to see more of. Yes, I'm so glad you mentioned that, because um, that was, along with Andrew Garfield, that was my other takeaway, was like, oh, man, Robin DeJesus. Like, you know, if, if, if Andrew Garfield carries this film, it's because Robin DeJesus is the heart of it. Like, it's, it's amazing. Like, his performance, I think, is... It's up there for me with a lot of uh, of what I've seen this year uh, in terms of supporting actors. So it is up there for me. Uh, obviously, it may not stick. You know what I'm saying? There's still a lot to 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 drop. But uh, I thought he was incredible. I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned Boys in the Band, which is a movie I absolutely hated. But uh, he was a standout in that. He's a standout in this. I think he's got a bright future ahead, a very bright future ahead. So congratulations to him, man. Regardless of whether it shows awards uh, potential or not, uh, regardless, I think Robin DeJesus has set himself up for a lot of future projects. Um, I think, you know, it'll be in a few years where we'll be having the same conversation about him that we were having about Andrew Garfield, where it's like, you know, he came out of nowhere and just stunned us all. So that's my hope anyway. But yeah, I think he delivered an, an incredible performance. One thing I want to talk about real quick before we go ahead and, and talk spoilers is this screenplay is credited with not Lin-Manuel Miranda, but with Jonathan Larson, of course. Um, and more importantly, not more importantly, but additionally, mm. Steve Levinson, who mm. did Dear Evan Hansen, which I have not seen. Mm. You have. Mm -hmm. 
does that warrant anything talking about or not real? Um, I, I do think it's interesting too. Um, well, Steve Levinson, in my opinion, is a great writer because I mean, you you converted not one but two Broadway musicals into films in one year. That's incredible work. Um, I loved Dear Evan Hansen. I, I really enjoyed that movie. Um, and you know, what I'm saying I think he did the exceptional work here. So uh, to me, that, that that's an incredible track record. So shout out to Steve Levinson. Good. Good work, man. And I hope you see some love too. Because <laughs> like, I, I think if anyone who knows uh, the original Tick, Tick, Boom was a one-man rock monologue. And then years after uh, Jonathan Larson's passing, they transformed it into a, a traditional three-act structure, which is what Steve Levinson used to sort of uh, to create this movie. Um, and I think yeah, I think they did an incredible job with it. Wonderful. Well, let's go ahead and, and break the seal and talk spoilers. So if you are still here, you've not watched Tick, Tick, Boom, go ahead and pause the episode, come on back, and uh, hear our spoiler take. But hopefully uh, our, glowing, uh, our glowing reviews of the performances made you want to go ahead and check it out. So we're talking spoilers now for Tick, Tick, Boom and Phoenix. Why don't you go ahead and kick us off with just anything you want to talk about? No performances. We've already covered that. Right, right, right. Um, so for me, right, the thing that hit me when I when I finished this in theaters, right, was that the story itself and what kind of shocked me, right? Because I, I I grew up on rent, right? I I knew Jonathan Larson from rent and um and that was that was the movie musical that introduced me to movie musicals. It was the thing that made me fall in love with this genre specifically. Um, so I always loved Rent. I actually went and saw Rent on Broadway literally the last day it was on Broadway. Um, so huge fan of that of that uh, musical. Um, but that was the only thing I knew about Jonathan Larson. So coming into this. Um, for me, the first time, it was really about just getting to know who this guy was. And when I came out of it the first time, again, I was awed with Andrew Garfield's performance. I was pretty moved by the, a, a couple of the songs. I really enjoyed the overall feel of the movie. But when I went back to the theater the next day and I went to see uh, Belfast, when I came out of Belfast, I was like, I think I want to go see Tick, Tick, Boom again. <laughs> and I went back in and I and I saw Tick Tick Boom and I was like it wasn't just the performance and it wasn't just the songs and it wasn't just the story of Jonathan Larson that really I really connected with it was the fact that we were talking about a guy who was aiming for a goal that he wholeheartedly believed in for eight years he finally gets it seen he gets it through he, he overcomes this hurdle that he believes will, will change his life. And then it doesn't, <laughs> right? And to me, like whenever we've seen biopics, we've seen sort of the, the rise and fall sort of biopic. Here, it's not even the rise. It's literally, it's a moment. It's like, this is gonna be it. This is the moment. And then it's not. And then the next one isn't. And like, and it takes the next one. That's what, that's what I love was like, this wasn't a story of triumph. It was actually a story of failure, a story of trying and failing and still trying. And that's what I loved about it was like, oh, okay. For anyone who's like at that moment where they're like, want to give up on their dreams and they, they, they're succumb to the life that they're, they have to seeing this movie, seeing, seeing someone say, yes, it sucks. Yes. I had to live through these really difficult times. Yes. I don't like it. Yes. But I'm keep fighting for this dream, even if, and then it fails and you still have to keep fighting. And it was just the more realistic approach of that sort of fairy tale story of, you know, just do it and it, and things will happen. So it was like, for me, that, that was the, that was the thing that I just took took away completely from this movie is that you know failure 
will happen to you more than success. And you gotta, you gotta be able to grow from that. And that's what I love. Along with the performances and the music. <laughs> I wanna talk about the direction from mm. pop culture icon, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, the direction, and even though he was not credited as a writer, of course, we knew there was going to be a ton of music in this, of course. I'm unsure of the storytelling here. I think that Lin-Manuel and Steve Levinson, I think they really struggled with the storytelling of it all, especially in the beginning, in the first act. They chuck you into the deep end and, and they say, go ahead and swim. Um, not that I was confused like a Nolan movie by any means, but it was hard to pull you in, in that first act. Mm. I'm not going to lie to you. In the first act, I, I said to myself, this is hard to get through. <laughs> this is going to be hard to get through. There's another 90 minutes left. And I am scared. <laughs> Luckily, it does pick itself up in the second and then third act. And it really does crescendo, which is great. However, I just think that first act does stumble to get you in, especially for someone like me who is a big movie fan, but maybe not the biggest musical mm -hmm. fan mm -hmm. and someone who was not a thespian. I feel like the first act, it's very niche. It's mm -hmm. very um, tailored to and marketed toward, not marketed towards, but very tailored to a very specific type of audience. Mm. And especially with this being on Netflix, I would not be stunned if a lot of people check this out because they know Lin-Manuel, they know Andrew Garfield, they watch the little Netflix spot, and they're like, yeah, let me check this out. And they watch 20 minutes and they say, this is just not for me. I would not be surprised if thousands of people did that. That's not discrediting the film by any means, um, but that was my experience, was that first act. Mm -hmm. I, legitimately someone who was ready to watch this movie, wanted to watch this movie, said, I'm scared. I 100% agree with you. Um, and here's why. Here's why. Because you said, you said exactly what I, what I would argue is, is, is definitely the truth. If you are not a big musical person, that first act will will hit you right in the face and i'm thinking about it and I'm, I'm like within like the first what 15 minutes you get 30 90 boho days green green dress you know what i'm saying like before you even get like a lot of story you you're like you you got three musical numbers within like the first 10 15 minutes right so that's a lot i get that that's totally a lot and if you're not a big musical person, that can be a little bit jarred. I think, too, if you're someone who's unfamiliar with the whole Jonathan Larson story, story with the rap, yeah, yeah. like myself, it, it is confusing to pick up on right away what exactly is going on. You've exactly. got him doing his eventual performance of Tick, Tick, Boom, but then they're going back in time and they're doing all these mm -hmm. musical numbers. And we found ourselves saying, like, what's even going on? Right. Right. Like I know they're singing. I know that their friend is is in the hospital. I know that he's, you know, struggling with his relationship and that he's kind of crazy. But like, what's, what what's is going actually on? going on? Like, are we just watching <laughs> this man live his life? I, I don't. The pieces came together. They yes. did, thankfully. Um, but that first act really, really had me worried. Yeah. And, and I agree, but like, and, and this is where I come into it differently, which is, of course, you know, like I said, I know Rent, right? So when I, I was actually kind of jarred that they, because this, again, this is what I was expecting. I was expecting it to be more of a journey to Rent, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what I knew from Jonathan Larson. I was expecting this to be like, oh, here's how Jonathan Larson created Rent. That's what, that's what I was expecting. And then in the first like two seconds of the movie, they bring up Rent and they bring up like, you know, Rent's success and, and how it changed Broadway. I was like, oh, that's weird. Why would they bring that up in the first minute of the movie? And, and it's because this is going to be about 
the process of Superbia and Tick, Tick, Boom, the, the films, the, the musicals that weren't a success, that didn't get, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, when I think about that, I'm like, oh, so like, to me, Lin-Manuel's direction makes perfect sense because it was, it was what he was aiming for. And I, and I, like I said, I totally get, and you're right about it being a niche. I'm that niche, you know what I'm saying? The guy that knows the story of Rent, knows the story of Jonathan Larson, I'm that niche. So uh, it worked perfectly for me. But again, if you're a person not coming in with that prior knowledge, it might be a little, you know, staccato for a while. But uh, I, I, I think all around, basically, from what the point that um, Miranda was aiming for, the starting point made sense. So even if you were a little bit confused, I think it ultimately rounds itself out by the time you get to the end of the movie. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. It absolutely pulls you back in. Um, it rewards you for, you know, navigating through the tough waters of the first half hour. And you're finally understanding kind of what's going on. Um, one thing that I felt like they could have done a better job at was portraying his relationship. I think that that was something that maybe all the pieces did not come together quite as they had hoped. Um, his relationship with Susan, mm-hmm. and I understand that it was pretty off and on, that he didn't give a whole lot of time to Susan, which ultimately led to their downfall. Right. Um, but ultimately, I didn't care about his relationship. I didn't care if he got with her or not, if he was happy mm-hmm. with her. Ultimately, his character kind of made me want Susan to not be with him. <laughs> better girl Um, she constantly was waiting for him and he was dragging her down not that he's a bad person by any means but she just deserved better and um i didn't feel too strongly for their relationship and really i just felt like it could have been done better now i know it's no marriage story this is no love drama but still i feel like that could have been done better And and one thing in in particular was their fight scene (laughs) their fight scene easily the most tension-filled part of the movie Mm. and i think it's done tremendously when they're fighting right however when they're cutting away to the singer (laughs) i'm not gonna lie to you it took me out of the scene it was to me this could have been the best scene in the movie but they're cutting well, a away, lot of people. It is <laughs> cutting away to the silliness of the singing as well. And I understand, trust me, I understand the point that they were trying to make that he can turn anything into a song that a lot of his uh, songs in his play came from inspirations from his own life and real life experiences. I understand that. I still think it takes the best scene in the movie and almost turns it into a joke compared to a very tension-filled, great Oscar moment scene and virtually turns it into a joke. And uh, and I, again, okay, I have to let something, let something out. Um, The very first time I saw this movie, 100% right there with you, 100% right there with you. I have now seen this movie about six times. <laughs> oh my Tw- God. Yeah, twice in theaters, four times on Netflix. I I don't want to put the cart before the ship, but I adore this movie. Um, so yeah. And upon multiple viewings, that scene, I, I 100% agree with you. Let's say they, they didn't intercut uh the song with with their argument right i think you know saying say they did the song afterwards right i think you're 100 right that's an oscar moment like that argument scene right there that's perfect that's brilliant um it's great tension you know the the relationship is at the heart of that scene and you can have that for a good solid three to four minutes and it's a great great scene and then we have the song yeah um, the reason that I enjoy it being cut with the song is because while I, I, I get the lean into drama, this is a musical, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And 
part of it is to show Jonathan's obsession, right? With musical, with, you know what I'm saying? With his musical and the idea of creating and that it's so all consuming that even in the moment, in his most tension filled moment, he can't escape it. It like, it, it, it's that maddening to him at that particular time. So I get it. And again, I think it's one of those things that just catches on with repeated viewings because I too was not a big fan of their relationship. I thought it was uh thought it was like I was like oh get out of here both of you like separate like you want to do something else he's got to do something else get up out of here. The more times I've seen it um I've appreciated their relationship so much more because I'm like it's it's one it's a very beautiful beautiful relationship. I think their relationship was lovely and you know and even though they both want to do other things, they both contribute to each other and they both make things better for the other person, especially as we get later on in the film uh, when she sings like my favorite song of the movie. So like, yeah, I, I, it comes together. It's one of those things where, again, it's like first viewing, eh. <laughs> but the more you think about it, everything really comes together and it just, it, it all makes sense. It flows very beautifully. I'll have to keep that in mind for my sixth watch uh, when I get. <laughs> I, I need to make it known that in my adult life, not in my youth where I was easily manipulative, in my adult life, I've never watched anything six times. Just, just want to put that out there. Um, Phoenix, you're clearly very glowing yes. about this film overall. Uh, <laughs> please talk about more about what you loved, maybe that we haven't touched on yet. Oh, geez. Uh, the thing that again in my first viewing that I wasn't super high on I, I liked a little bit but I wasn't super high on that I've grown to appreciate over my six viewings is the music um yeah uh because again when I, that first time I was expecting a, a, you know this is how we created rent and I was like looking for uh hints of rent in in every song. I was like, oh, is he going to do one song glory here? Or, oh, is this how he came up with Santa Fe? Like, I'm like, that's what I was thinking. So that first viewing was sort of marred with, uh, with you know, rent on, my, on the brain. As I've gone on and just appreciated the songs themselves of Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh my God. Like, I'm, I'm amazed and floored by this soundtrack. I mean, Sunday is one of my favorite songs and that scene Listen, <laughs> not everyone will have this reaction, okay? But if you are a theater geek like me, whereas, you know, saying musical theater is your, your stuff and, and that's what you love and you, you watch the Tonys every year, if you're that guy, the scene Sunday, which features like Felicia Rashad and Andre DeShields and Philip Sue and Renee Elise Goldsberry and... Lin-Manuel Miranda himself and Bernadette Peters, you're gonna freak out, okay? And that was me, and like literally in the theater, there's one other person with me, Bernadette appeared on the screen and I audibly screamed, like audibly, like, ah, woo, like that, like that's that's the theater in me. So um, that won't happen for everyone, but that, that was me, um, very excited for that, like I love that scene. Um, but yeah, 3090, the, the song that kicks off the movie, I adore that song. Therapy, which we were talking about in the relationship, I think is excellent. But it's really like the last three or four songs in this movie that I'm like, oh, oh my God, come to your senses. Why? Uh, actions speak louder than words. I mean, it's it's just like, like you said, it's a crescendo. It's like where it starts, it starts off and then it just, it soars. And I'm just, a, 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 I can't glow enough about the music. The music in this is, is sensational. For someone who has known and loved Rent for as long as I have, and to have been a fan of that soundtrack for as long as I have, to know that there's another Lin, uh, uh, Jonathan Larson project that has music just as good as that is, is sensational. Yeah, the music I really enjoyed as well. To me... This is the strong, this is my favorite of the Manuel productions that I've seen both musically and just for what they are. Mm -hmm. I did like this better than In the Heights. I did like this better than Hamilton. 
while I don't think this is quite the achievement that Hamilton is, right. um, this <laughs> is still something that I would prefer to watch. Um, if I was forced to watch this or Hamilton, I would choose this. Yeah. Um, and, and the songs in this are fantastic. I think specifically the one that Vanessa Hutchinson sings mm-hmm. um, it, during the Suburbia workshop. Yeah. I have a feeling that we are going to see that again at the Oscars. (laughs) I do. Am I wrong to think that that more than any of these songs in this film uh, gets nominated? I hope so. I mean, the problem is it's it's technically not an original song. Right. Okay. But I mean, they, 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 they switch it up. So I hope, I don't know. I hope, but yeah. I don't know if they'll they'll let that one slide in, but I sincerely hope they do because it is fantastic. To me, that was a great song. That that yeah. was that was my favorite, and and I do want to talk about the editing in this film as well. Mm. I think the editing is strong. It's yeah. not last night in Soho editing. It's not <laughs> Dune editing, of course, um, but it, it's strong. I don't yeah. think it's an Oscar contender, but there were several times where I've said, "All right, you have my <laughs> attention." Whereas most people, you know, don't necessarily look at the editing. Um, that is something that, that we see, of course, here at right. Film Code. And it was something that I appreciated. It was. So, it's, yeah. It's definite, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that stands out in, um, uh, in my mind. Uh, obviously, there's still a lot more films to go. But, uh, yeah, to me, I was like, I, I, I like the way this is cut together. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it it's it's probably what an hour 46 minute movie something like that it almost feels kind of like a 90 minute film uh the just the way that it's cut it's like we get a lot in this time and you know what i'm saying and and even when you're thinking like oh maybe this moment's going too long well then it's over and then there's this next one and i'm like i i, I enjoy the way it's cut it like you said it may or may not end up there on oscar sunday but um I, I thought it was significantly standout. So shout outs to the editor, who, whoever you are. We'll find out later. Yeah, there was. Yeah. there's two editors credited, Myron uh, Kirsten and Andrew Weisblum. Uh, I apologize if I did not pronounce this correctly. Andrew, the latter specifically, um, has edited several movies that we know, Black Swan, Moonrise Kingdom, mm. Mother, French Dispatch. Mm. And Black Swan, <laughs> Black Swan specifically, is edited fantastically. So yes, um, that, that is, is great. That is hilarious because I was just thinking that the editing in this reminded me of French Dispatch <laughs> because it was so clean, and I'm like, that's hilarious to to know that that was the same editor. So that's funny. <laughs> well, and, and Black Swan, of course, a perfectly edited film as well. Oh yeah, brilliantly edited. So. Did this deliver everything you wanted it to? Yes. Um, and because, like I said, I went in thinking it was going to be something else. And then I came out um, pleasantly surprised with what it actually was and overly moved. Uh, to me, it's it's the best musical this year. Uh, I, I don't know what... Uh, Spielberg will bring the West Side Story. I'm sure it'll be amazing, but I honestly don't see anything topping this in in my mind. <laughs> Music, musical wise. Musical, yes, of course, musical wise. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, did you have any problems with it or anything other than what we've already touched on? Honestly, no. <laughs> like I really didn't because. Um, yeah, I was I was really kind of uh yeah, uh like I'm with you. I think this is I would take this over uh in the heights over Hamilton. Um again, I love both of those things, obviously, but the I'm talking like the movie versions. Um, you know, Hamilton is of course great legendary Broadway musical. Um I would rather see it as a Broadway musical than than watch the pro shot on Disney plus um, in the Heights. Again, same thing. I would rather watch the Broadway musical than the movie. 
Uh, but this man, I I I love everything about this. So, <laughs> um, musical or or the movie, I would be a fan of. So, to me, this this is great. Let's wrap it up here. Final thoughts from me. I'll go first as uh, we'll cap off with Phoenix's glowing kind words. Um, for me, it was a little too niche, a little bit, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to fault it too much for that because. Look, I mean, you can't make movies that are just so generic and appeal to all the audience in the world, but um, it took away from some of my appreciation how niche it was, specifically in that first act. Nick and I use this phrase from time to time, and I think it's perfect for this movie specifically. This is a film that I respect and I appreciate much more than I enjoy. I can look at it and I can say, Andrew Garfield's performance is stunning. The production of it is remarkable, specifically with the um, choreography, the singing, the soundtrack, how this was made is a fantastic movie. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not. But my enjoyment level was not equal with what I think went into this film. And that's okay. There's always going to be movies like that. There's always going to be films that you can say, this is a great movie. Yeah, it's absolutely a great film. I just don't love it. There are plenty of movies like that. And to me, that's what this is. It's a good film. The production is remarkable. Uh, Andrew Garfield's performance. Not sure yet if he's my best actor winner, but he's certainly in the discussion. Um, But ultimately, this is a film that I didn't love watching. And... um, Certainly, I will not be watching six times like my buddy. <laughs> For me, overall, it's three and a half stars. It's a B plus. That has been a very popular rating for me as of late. Um, 2021's got a lot of those, but still a respectable score and one that I didn't think it was going to receive after that first 30 minutes. So it's a B plus for me, three and a half stars. Phoenix. Let's hear it. I, I am going to encourage you to give this one more watch. You don't have to watch it six times like me, but I am going to encourage you to give it one more watch because I do believe that rating will go up. Well, um, you know me. I'm kind to rewatches. So Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I do believe that rating will go up. Um, for me personally, this is one of this is one of my top movies of the year. Um, I put this above a lot. I like <laughs> a lot a lot it's above the french dispatch for me it's above last duel for me it's above uh last night in soho obviously uh, <laughs> um this is currently my third favorite film of the year um it is also marks my third five star film of the year uh yes this wow. this to me is a, this to me is a five star film um like i said i have no complaints i thought the direction was brilliantly done the acting was solid i mean we didn't even talk enough about vanessa hudgens who who also stuns in this film you know i'm saying with her small her small roles um or uh bradley whifford who who uh you know came in looking like sondheim and just you know even in a small role just stood out by the way rest in peace to uh stephen sondheim he passed away on the 26th of november at the age of 91 brilliant brilliant uh, auteur one of the best he like 15 of the classic broadway musicals are sondheims you know what i'm saying so uh congrats to him uh well not congrats but uh, congrats to us and uh he lived a brilliant life and uh he he his touches all over this film as well uh so it's uh it's great to see yeah for me this is five stars this is a movie that I, obviously i said i've watched six times I enjoy the hell out of the music is sensational. Um, I'll go even a step further. Not only is this one of my top three films of the year, this is currently my front runner for best picture. Um, I believe Tick, Tick, Boom is better than everything I've seen this year. Like legit, better than everything I've seen this year. so I, I, I would put this above everything, everything that everybody is picking for best picture, Belfast, Don't Look Up, Nightmare Alley, Being the Ricardos, Coda, 
whatever. I, I would put Tick, Tick, Boom above all of that. I think it is the best film of the year. That's, that, and that's just me. That's just me. But this is a five stars out of five stars for me. 10 out of 10. Loved it. Wow. Wow. High praise. Not sure the last time we did five stars for a new release on Film Coded. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that, actually. But um, happy to hear it. That was Tick, Tick, Boom. And let's move on to Film Code. You are now Film Code. Start. Okay. All right, so it's been a while. A while, a while. And for those of you that are diehard Film Code fans, thank you for bearing it out with us. But we are back. And better than ever with our code word. So it is my code word. Um, and we are going to go ahead and pull up the clues here. So for our code word, our code word was French. Clue number one is that it's from 1995 to 2000. I shortened up the little, little gap there. So <laughs> it's a little easier. This movie has Four Oscar winners in its mm. cast. The director also made a movie about someone who has a famous story about their ear. And the bonus is, although the code word is French, the movie is in English. Mm-hmm. So, all that being said, 1995 to 2000, four Oscar winners in its cast. This director also made a movie about someone with an ear problem. Mm-hmm. Phoenix, what are your thoughts? Okay. Uh, I have a guess, and I hope it's correct because I actually watched this movie. So I can give a review for the movie as well. So um, I got the year 1996. Um, your four Oscar winners, I, I hope they're all Oscar winners, I forgot to check, Dennis Hopper, Gary Oldman, Benicio Del Toro, and Christopher Walken, or sorry, not Christopher Walken, or maybe Christopher Walken, if not, if not one of those three, then also, I forgot he was in here, uh, Sam Rockwell, who I know won an Oscar, so there we go, um, but there, there are a ton of, uh, Academy Award <laughs> level actors in this movie. So I'm not sure which ones have one and which ones have it. But yeah, I think it's among that four or five. Uh, Willem Dafoe is also in this. So again, there, there's at least four that you can pull from that are Academy Award uh, winning actors. Uh, the director is Julian Stable, who also directed At Eternity's Gate, which stars Willem Dafoe, who, uh, which I believe is a... Um, story about Van Gogh, who, you know, we obviously know had uh, only one ear. Um, and that movie is 1996's Basquiat, Basquiat, <laughs> which is French, obviously, uh, the story of Jean-Michel Basquiat was a New York street artist uh, who became famous for his paintings. Uh, so that is my guess, Basquiat. 1996, directed by Julian Schnabel. If you've seen it, you've at least got to pronounce it correctly, right? Basquiat. Basquiat. Is the code word this week. So congratulations, Phoenix. Um, Yeah, 1996. Your Oscar winners are Gary Oldman, Benicio Del Toro, Christopher Walken, and Sam Rockwell. Right. Uh, despite all of those talented winners, you also have Jeffrey Wright. You also have um, Willem Dafoe, like we talked about, as well as Dennis Hopper. So just so many talented actors in that film. And yes, the director, uh, Julian Schnabel, also did At Eternity's Gate, a movie that I've been dying to check out, just have not gotten around to yet, about Van Gogh, who most people know about Van Gogh's ear. So there we have it. That is the code wording. Congratulations, Phoenix. Yes. And like I said, I actually watched this film. 
Um, I I will say, have you actually have you seen this movie at all? I have no? not. Okay. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, um, the only reason to watch this movie is to see all of these incredibly talented actors at a very very early point in their careers. Because <laughs> uh, that's what it is. I mean, like it's it's Jeffrey Wright. Um, he got to be at least. 18, 19 years old in this film, like fresh out of uh, New York School of Dramatic Arts. <laughs> like, I, I don't even know if that's where it went. But yeah, like everyone is, everyone is fresh eyed to this process in this movie, including like David Bowie and Dennis Hopper, who are legends, you know what I'm saying, who've been doing this for a while. They all look brand new, like they've never done it before. It's, it's a, uh, it's a movie whose I know we talked about the editing in Tick Tick Boom. Uh, the editing here is like the complete opposite. It moves at a ridiculously fast pace, um, so it's a little hard to, to to keep focus. It just moves way too fast, um, and the dialogue isn't isn't the richest. Uh, I, I like to believe Julian Schnabel's come a long way since 1996, so I'm hoping At Eternity's Gate is a much stronger film, but. Uh, Basquiat is not one I can recommend other than just to see these guys uh, give very youthful performances. <laughs> very youthful. I love it. I love it. Well, congratulations, Phoenix. Woo! We will be back with a new code word next week. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Film Code. If you would please follow us on all our social medias like we talked about a few minutes ago on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Film Code Pod. Uh, do a ton of stuff to interact with you guys. We'll ask questions, we'll do polls, and then we'll make TikToks and videos and talk about them. So uh, if you interact with us on there, you could find yourselves either shouted out in one of our videos or here on the show, potentially as a guest host or something like that. So uh, no reason not to interact with us over there. Also, however you're listening to this, if you still are listening, chances are you enjoyed listening to us at least a little bit. So you would please go ahead and check out our other episodes. However you're listening to this right now, probably find our other episodes. We have endless content. Endless. So I'm sure there's plenty of stuff in there that you would love. And we will be back next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Phoenix, where can everyone find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at I'm H Overviews one That's the number one. And on Letterbox under PA Cloud and just re-up my pro membership. So we're good to go. <laughs> All right. And uh, yeah, like Nathan said, guys, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok at FilmCodePod. And we will see you guys next week. We are out of here. Peace.